This is the Strength Beyond Fitness Podcast. A Build Body Fitness production brought to you by Coach Louise and Coach Renee, where we talk about simple principles to train your mind, transform your body, and maybe even change your life. Welcome back. I know it's been a hot minute, you guys. Sometimes life happens, so we appreciate you guys being so patient with us. And full disclosure, I did try to film this by myself, and it made me appreciate Luis <laughs> so much more for the setup that he did. Um, turned out I could only film out of one one side, and so we decided you needed better quality. So we appreciate you guys being patient through that technical difficulty, and I firmly believe this is going to be a great conversation, but, you know... We always have great conversations, right? Right. No, this is uh, and this is a little different. We we so we typically have like our all our episodes ahead, like filmed ahead of time, and we're like two weeks ahead of schedule. And then we were like, oh wow, we we have like a lot of episodes right now that we need to put through. And then bam, like each week came by, and then we realized like, well, we don't have any episodes like to uh, release. And then the things happened in the house. Things got chaotic. Um, and then technical issues with our setup and yeah, life happens. Life does happen, especially like we do this from our home, like between clientele while their child is sleeping. So, you know, it's just trying to figure out like the, uh, the, the, not the perfect time, but like how do, how do we, we, uh, add it into the calendar and make sure it works that day. It's finding a flow and in full honesty, if you've learned anything from us, it's, you know, life's currents, they're going to change, you're going to shift and you just adapt the best that you can. Um, Speaking of adaptation, let's just jump straight into it. I feel like that's the cliche thing that every YouTuber says. Let's jump straight into it. We're going to be discussing a pretty heavy topic today. So I am going to be throwing out a trigger warning of it's it's going to be heavy when it comes to disordered eating and, you know, understand that while we are personal trainers. We are nutritionists. We are not licensed professionals when it does come to this type of behavioral issue. And so we'll be giving our best understanding of it. But if there's anything that does stand out to you, we do encourage you to reach out to a licensed professional. But as you may have seen from the title, disciplined versus disordered. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh. Da, da, da. No, this isn't, this is a, this is going to be a good topic. Um, I think we all we all kind of fall within this line. Um, I, if you listen to Tom Tommy's uh, podcast, he talks about how there is a, a, spectrum. a spectrum of um, body modification. And, you know, like every person kind of starts in a different part of that spectrum. Like, you know, for someone maybe getting their nose pierced, that's their like most wild thing. And it starts there and then they move forward. I kind of see this like discipline versus um, disorder. This, disorder um kind of like within that spectrum like meaning there's it's just one straight line and we all kind of start in a different place in it um and we we either build from there (laughs) in positive ways or we digress negatively but the 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 reason that's like i compare it to is because within that line everybody in a way is is equal and no one's better than the other because this is like just very individual like for when tommy said he was like he's like well one person might just think that tattoo in their face is like their most extreme that's where they start and for the person that the nose piercing that's where they start doesn't mean like that they're any different like they're each at their own 
vulnerable kind of starting place. I don't know if this makes sense. but No, it does. I think too often we're wanting to put everything into a box. It's black or it's white. It's yes or it's no. It's this or it's that. And understanding the gray area that there is a spectrum is is really important. And when it comes to this, it's very individual because for some people, what may be disciplined, others, it could be viewed as disordered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for breaking down eating disorders, like I said, we're this is going to be a triggering episode for some people. When it comes to anorexia, anorexia is not eating. When it comes to bulimia, it's typically binging and purging, typically mainly purging, binging may be a part of it. But then there's one called orthorexia. And we're really not talking about orthorexia. And some of you might be like, I don't even know what that is. There's so many. And so the National Eating Disorder Doc Org organization defines orthorexia as, you know, becoming so fixated on so-called healthy eating that they're doing damage to their own well-being. But here's the thing is, you know, it's kind of hard to diagnose that because it's, it is a spectrum because in theory, they're like, you know, really being healthy. They're taking care mm-hmm. of their body. Obviously, I'm not a licensed professional, so I can't look at someone and be like, you are orthorexic. Um, but it it is a disorder in which, you know, it's technically a healthy habit, but it could actually be tied into having OCD. And there's so much going on mentally. Exactly. I think it's, I think mental is the big part. Maybe a little bit physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for example, like we just did some blood work and we got to have a really, really good sit down uh, and have like a discussion about like our work with the uh, with the practitioner. And one of the things like that was said, it was like, you know, there's more like we need we need the like we need more red meats in our in our diet. We need to seek out a little bit more um, more vitamins in, in other areas. And like, I there's so many people that are against some certain foods that give you those nutrients. But for them, it's like that's super healthy. Like they're like, I'm not gonna have these meals because I'm gonna be extremely healthy. But you're giving your body a deficiency of some nutrients that it actually biologically needs. Um, and yeah, you can get it elsewhere. Like he was saying like, yeah, you can get these vitamins through like hemp, like if you're a vegetarian or something, but you need like an abundant amount. It's not like an ounce of red meat. It's going to match the same thing as an ounce of like hemp. It, it was, it was like, no, you know, you're going to need b- bigger amounts. And most of the time, like no matter how healthy you are, if you're a vegetarian or, or, um, what's the other one, uh, vegan, vegan um, uh, for you to reach the nutrients that your body like needs from a biological perspective, like what we're designed to, and like we are chemically made out of like amino acids and those, uh, uh, and and those binding chemicals, and then um, the transporters that like our body has between uh, uh, cholesterol and all that. Like, if you're trying to like stay away from all that because you want to be extremely healthy, like you are not receiving some of those things that your body actually needs so like yeah I th- I, mental health i want to say would be number one effect of orthorexia and then the second it's a little bit of your health depending on what kind of nutritional path you might be taking and and there's lots of different things that may contribute to it whether it could be it really could be a trauma of i've noticed oftentimes and 
this is just what I've seen. So this is not a stated fact. It's just my observation of people that come from a family where there was like a lack of food availability or lack of like healthy food availability exercise. Sometimes they'll try so hard to avoid those habits that they'll jump into, they'll jump into another extreme and at risk of, you know, and I'm going to annoy people. I don't care. It's fine. Um, we'll look at the holistic community of, you know, there's some things that we do within our household that I would view as more holistic of when it comes to my health, I've tried to manage everything when it comes to diet and exercise. I don't want to use medication if I don't have to, but there's some more extreme holistic to where they'll tell you, you can't have anything processed, but then you see this supplement stack that's huge. And you're like, you do realize that technically has to go through process in order for you to have it. Like you didn't just naturally find chlorophyll in a tincture bottle in the wild, <laughs> but you know, that's where it's like from the outside, like I can't judge why they're going to do that. You know, maybe they have started implementing that and they do feel better. Um, all I'm saying is when it comes to like this disordered habit, it's so hard to just look at someone and say whether or not they're disciplined or disordered. Well, well, the big thing right now is the process and chemical. And unfortunately, everything is a chemical. Like we are like every component, like it's a chemical. Every, every, everything, like all food is a form hormones of chemical. Hormones are literally yeah, chemicals. Yeah, hormones are chemicals. Um, and then, so I lost my train of thought. So like the big thing right now is is chemicals and then process. And unfortunately, we're, we're in a world like things have to be processed. It, it There's pros and cons to being processed. I mean, recently there had, there was there was like a huge recall of a certain like vegetable because it was organic and it ended up having like E. coli and some other things. It could have been lettuce because I feel like lettuce is always the one that's, that has that, um, that issue. But it, it's there, if there would have been a process, uh, you know, if it wouldn't have been so organic or whatever, like those things could have been prevented because yes, like, there would have been chemicals that meant to kill that. But you know what? Like if you wash your food and it's not like you are consuming this lettuce and these tomatoes in abundance, like, like you're just overeating it daily where like you're going to have the effects of those like issues. Like we, we just, they're needed. It's part of it. They're not, and it's not going to change, but you got to understand and figure out like some, some, some realistic balances I'm not taken away if you have concerns of it. Like, that's not me. This is not me saying, like, I am shutting down your concern of a fruit or whatever that has been sprayed with a chemical. Like, Challenge the thought, but don't let it turn into fear. Be exactly. aware, not afraid. Exactly. And Renee, Renee's family, like, grew up doing farms. Onion farms, strawberry farms. I'm a farmer starter. Who yeah, would have thought? Yeah. And so she also has, like, a side experience of knowledge between her dad telling her stories on like what, ha- what would happen in those fields, whether they were organic or not. Oh, straight up. Uh, this is probably terrible to say, but he would tell me there's a ridiculous amount of pee on some of those things. Like a lot of people pee in the fields because it's been a long day. Maybe it's different. This was like back in the 90s. But I think about that every single time I buy fruit of someone could have peed on this. I need to wash the hay out of it. <laughs> and I might have just terrified some of you. Um, I went and double checked. So there was a listeria risk when it came to lettuce back in April. Uh, spinach is another one where there was a big spinach thing for a while. Of I think it was 
was it a listeria or was it E. coli? It was some sort of bacterial, um, bacterial risk. And so it's, it is hard. And technically when a food is considered processed, it's any sort of change of form. So if you go ahead and you cut your carrot into four, that is considered now processed. And it's finding that line of, you know, minimally processed, ideally, like the less processed, there's going to be more nutrients. The more processed, there's going to be less nutrients, but it's, you know, I've almost seen some people to where they feel like if I can't be this level of healthy, why even try at all? And that's such as that's kind of sad of it feels so unreachable where it's could you imagine how different it would be if we actually coached people based off of, you know, the foods available within their area as well as available within their like actual budget instead of just guilt tripping them of if you can't be this healthy, then you're poisoning your body. I'm so tired of people pointing out toxins all the time like you know what your behavior right now in that grocery store that is a toxic behavior but that being said I know I've dug a little bit on the holistic I do definitely see a benefit in implementing more holistic things within your lifestyle where you can but when it comes to this discipline versus disordered it's not just the holistic group if you look at CrossFit you'll see these people that absolutely trash their body and it Instead of taking a rest day, they'll just get, you know, another wrap or they'll get a little bit, you know, take a little bit more ibuprofen, have a little bit of that CBD rubbed on. Like they will do anything to avoid a rest day. Mm-hmm. Bodybuilding, I feel like is, you know, most often seen as disordered of. There are competitors in which they work really hard to make sure their mindset is right. And then there's other competitors where you notice, okay, over the years, they've started to get a little bit more fillers, a little bit more implants where maybe they might tread upon a little bit more of that gear life. Yeah. And I think there's also from experience of talking some, some that, you know, they will share their, their, they they will share that they, they began to do bodybuilding because they came from a body dysmorphia or eating disorder um, my, like experience, a life of that. So it like helped them become more nutrition, more nutrition. N- nutritionally minded. Mi- yeah, nutritionally minded. Um, and it was, you know, like that's how they overcame their, their, uh, um, their disorders. But then they say like they had to eventually take a break from the competing because then that took a toll in their body. And it was so difficult and so stressful. And eventually, like, they real like they drew back. They came back to the competing because now that kind of disorder mind came back because their bodies weren't how they were, like, for, for show. And it's, like, this kind of interesting circle where there are some competitors that are like, yeah, I won't compete again because I was just too, too hard, too hard, like, too hard in my mind. It was, like, just miserable. I did not like it. And then could be a year, two, three years later, they're like in, in, a, in a place where I'm going to do it again because I, they, they're like, they're they want have that drive. They want that. They want that back. Yeah. Um, if you guys haven't heard of obese to beast, his name is John. I can't remember his last name. He's on YouTube. Um, he's has a pretty good podcast. He's for, a, yeah. I love his podcast voice. I think he has a very calming voice. He comes from, a very hard background. He's very open about everything he's been through. And when he was younger, he was, he was a big boy and then he started to lose weight. He actually did a competition and he's been very adamant that he would never do a competition again. I always say as an outsider, it was really cool to see someone who 
was very open about their body, especially because he has a lot of loose skin. He doesn't plan on having that surgery to remove it. But he said, like, it, it just wasn't worth it. Uh, what he had to go through mentally to get to that point wasn't worth it. And even, I think, last year, he originally was training for a marathon or something. And it got to a point where it's like, it wasn't, it was messing with his mind too much to where he decided, like, you know, it might be viewed as like a lack of discipline, but mentally it's not worth it to push myself through this. Mm-hmm. And he took a step back for a little bit and started doing more stuff. He enjoyed like drumming and skateboarding. And I think there is value in knowing when not necessarily to quit, but step laterally. Mm-hmm. And I think people only think it's stepping forward and stepping back. And it's, you know, sometimes you just need to step to the side. You just kind of need to shift your focus. And that, that is hard to do when it's like, I only know one direction and it's knowing how to pivot what's based best upon your body. Right. Well, if we, if we kind of go to that, to, if I bring it back to like the beginning of the conversation and discipline versus disorder and how it can be viewed very similar, it could be more of like a spectrum where someone starts like for, for someone like the marathon might be their, like their, their start. They're like. This is, this is like where I'm going to start with discipline and, you know, they might like thrive through it and, and do amazing. And then they build upon that and someone else might look at that and be like, well, like <laughs> a marathon, you're crazy. Like, there's no way I'm going to jump into immediately to a marathon. They might be like, I'm just going to wake up at 5 a.m. every single day. So you got two people that have a form of discipline. Or, or they're working on a form of discipline. Yeah, the marathon like runner, that's what they decided to start off. Like that was their idea or their goal. The other one was 5 a.m. Now, like through time, like as time goes by, depending on like where we are at, what we're doing, and how, what kind of relationship we built with that, that those disciplines can turn against you. Maybe the 5 a.m. person might eventually feel like, if they if they don't wake up at five a.m. anymore, they're not gonna be worth anything. They're gonna be failures. Like the, it, it becomes only doing it uh, out of maybe a fear uh, could become like a paranoia thing. Uh, and then the, the the for the the marathon runner, um, it could become. Why not use the word obsessive? I'm not sure if you would if you would say like. I think that's fair. Yeah, it can. It could become when like, it takes over your life. You can't. You, you know, you start losing out on social situations. You start pulling away from certain relationships, not necessarily because it's what's best for you. It's just because your whole life is consumed by something. It would be worth considering. Like, is this turning into obsession? Is it going too far? There might be times in your life where, like, yeah, you are going to have to dedicate more, mm-hmm. but it's understanding the risk versus reward. And some obsessions are pretty healthy. They can lead you to like extreme success. And some obsessions can be full, like plane crash down, like nose dive down and blow up. Like it, there, you just got to be careful. I mean, there's a there's a book that I uh, I've read. I like um, it's you know it's called Be Obsessed or Be Average. Sounds uh, like a you book. <laughs> so. This is not to take away from obsession at all. It's once again, it comes back to like, how do you treat that? How do you work with it? Um, what are you doing around your life to 
make it something healthy. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Because that's where orthorexia comes in. Someone became obsessive about healthy eating um, to the point where now they're doing harm to themselves. It's becoming an extreme. Extreme. And once again, this is is not opinion. This is a definition that you... This is a legitimate disorder. Disorder. We really don't discuss at all within the fitness space. It's, you know, if we look at the influencer of you know you can scroll through i don't want to point any out because i don't want to bad talk i don't want to bad talk them and make assumptions um you can go through and you might be like oh my gosh i wish i was as disciplined as them i wish i had their motivation i wish they had their drive and it's you're only seeing a snippet of which they're sharing Mm -hmm. and there's some where it's like you know first of all the workout they're sharing you don't even know if that's a workout that they do or if they're just posting it because they need content when it comes to what they eat in a day, is that actually what they eat in a day or is that what they're sharing with you that they're eating? Do they eat the same thing every single day? Because if they think they waver away from it, it's going to take away from their results. And I think you touched upon it really well. And we kind of touched upon it too in the podcast with Jordan, uh, being careful about basing your view of your worth around your aesthetic or your talent, because you know it's part of you, but it's not all of you. And if I'm remembering correctly the way he worded it, like if you were to lose that tomorrow, who would you be without it? Mm. And that, that is hard. Um, I wasn't someone who did a ton of sports growing up, but I have, you know, kind of seen people when they have to retire from their sport, take a step back of, they have this identity crisis and commonly I'll see it with gymnasts of when they start to gain weight and when they have less of a schedule, like they, they really struggle and same thing with you know I whatever think gymnast you're doing. is huge like gymnast gym- is huge yeah i mean but you it, have to be dedicated you have to be that driven in order to get to that level mm-hmm. but then it's you know who are you without it yeah who are you without it how does it, it you, <laughs> i don't know it doesn't it, they don't put into consideration like like what effect is a gymnast and I'm going to use more of a girl gymnast, um, a female that, you know, gets into it at an early age. And it's, that's the only thing that they're surrounded by that. Those are the only relationships they make. All they hear is the coaches critiquing and you get critiqued on everything. You're critiqued on your most minimal movements um, because that's what the judges, you know, want for high score. But, if you're if if you're going to practice Monday through Friday, two to three hours a day, competing on the weekends, never really getting rest, and all you're doing is something for someone else because that's what gymnastic is. A lot, yeah, you think it's for yourself, but you're trying to get a gold medal, you're trying to perform so that the judges can give you something good. Like, what else are you gonna f- start critiquing? That is not that's not part of your gym your gymnastic life. Hundred, hundred percent. And I'm passionate about that one because I had a client that she was a gym. Well, she is a gymnast, um, and it's yeah, it's a it's a hard life. I feel like her mom has done really awesome though with yes. trying to make sure that she is really well balanced outside of gymnastics. And I will forever give her credit for that. Of like, you can tell, like gymnastics is a part of her life, but it's not her entire life, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, even throwing out there for, you know, the person that may feel like in order to see a change, you have to be extreme of say, if you decide to 
get into cycling. You don't have to get into cycling to become a cycle instructor and do all the crazy choreo. I will still consider you a cyclist if you go to class and you grind it out. When it comes to running, like you don't need to run a marathon to be considered a runner. It's almost like we won't give ourselves these titles unless we kind of, you know, you have to earn it. And it's like, there doesn't really need, we don't need to be gatekeeping it. You know, there's a difference between are you doing something professionally versus doing something just for fun, for passion. And I think that's, that is a difference when it comes to obsession. My understanding is whether or not there is passion for what you're doing. And the passion has to come from you. It's not having validation from other people. And that's one of the hardest things I think to learn when it comes to fitness is not seeking other people's validation, but you have to be okay with yourself at the end of the day. And we'll be honest, it is a hard thing in fitness. Sometimes I struggle with it (laughs) and then I have to take a step back and be like, okay, well, that's great. You're proud of me, but I need to be proud of me. (laughs) Am I proud of me for what I've done? Can I lovingly call myself out on my own crap? But can I also acknowledge like where I've done really well? If I can only do that, if someone else is telling me I'm doing good or bad, then okay, we need to take a step back. We need to pivot. Right. I mean, I'll, I'm going to call myself out. Like I, I know there's definitely some habits that I've had to work through that were disordered. So, you know, the biggest reason that I'm into strength training and cycling. And at one point I was obsessed with like obstacle course races was because when I focus too much on my weight, I'm not in a good frame of mind. I start forgetting all the essential stuff that I should be doing. So for me, it's when I focus on being strong, I find that it's a lot easier for things to fall into place and to build healthy habits. When I focus on having a certain body type, I start to care less about what I'm doing as long as I hit that body type. But that being said, I know you're the complete opposite way of you're able to be like, you know what? I'm going to hit this percentage. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. I'm going to feel so good. You're able to work towards a goal that for me, I get a completely destructive mindset about, whereas you can do it out of passion, obsession, but it's healthier. Yeah. It's weird. When it comes to food tracking, I feel like that's the best example of, you know, one of the best ways is you should be aware of what you're eating. For some people, just writing it down or taking photos, okay, perfect, that's enough information. Once you start adding numbers to it, some people get into this weird, weird phrase of, you know, uh, one of my old clients when I was first getting into macros, at first I was a mindset of, oh, if it fits in your macros, no big deal. And then I actually looked at what she was eating and she was having like four cans of tuna a day. Okay. Yeah. That's not healthy at all. And the only other protein source she was having was a protein shake. I was like, okay, maybe your numbers look okay, but it fits, but you, yeah, no. Yeah. She, she was not doing well in sessions and we had, we did have to pivot. And I think that's the, biggest difference when it comes to an oversimplified example of discipline versus disordered is is it coming from self-love or is it being Mm self-destructive can your mind actually handle it there's a big difference between getting yourself out of bed of like i don't want to work out but i know i'm going to feel better versus hey you're a piece of if you don't work out today that's a big jump and that's worth considering with, you know, the goal that you're working on right now. What is that narration that you're giving yourself? Are you, are you your own hype man? Are you your own cheerleader? Or even better, I like the explanation of, are you your own coach? Are you going to lovingly point out where you can improve, but also acknowledge your progress? Or are you going to beat yourself up? 
And are you going to only determine your or your worth based off of if you were, quote, good today or bad today? These these are important things to consider. You know, there may be habits that you see me do on Instagram that if you try to implement yourself, hey, maybe some things make you feel really good. Other stuff, you're like, Renee, I, I really can't track this. I can't do that mentally. Then don't. Literally, it could just comes down to that. If it really messes with your mind, then don't do it. It's what can you do to live a better quality of life to where you're not just surviving, you're thriving. Right. Well, I, and it, when it comes down to like your health and, and ex- health, exercise, wellness, all those different things, we are just in a world where there's just so much influence at, that makes you feel like this is what you need to do if you, if it in, in order for you to think it's worth it. I mean, right now, like we're seeing so many other forms of recovery that are outside of movement. So you have all these like therapies now that you can do theragun hot therapy cold therapy take this pill wear this belt like you know if you really want to just look up how to recover i'm sure you could dedicate an entire day to not moving but you're quote recovering take this pill you're going to recover faster bcas promise a faster muscle recovery even though if you're eating enough meat you probably shouldn't need to buy bcas that's my personal opinion (laughs) but it's you know it's almost like these quick, easy, mindless recoveries to where it's, are you actually recovering? Yeah. And, and what I was going to touch, touch on that, it was like, well, no, you got to do, you have to, you know, do the infrared red light therapy bed. Like that's what you need to do. And someone might, might be looking at that and be like, well, if I'm not doing the infrared bed, am I not recovering properly? Or the Theragun, like, oh, you need to own a Theragun in your house. Like, it is crazy how how many Americans now own a form of a Theragun, don't have any idea how to use it, and honestly are causing more problems because they're just shoving that gun and and using it like not how it's supposed to be used. Can I soapbox for a second? You can totally soapbox. Okay. So when it comes to the Theragun, which is also known as percussive therapy, those guns have been designed with a specific type of rhythm and depth that they go into the body. Um, back when I was at EOS, they had us do a certification on Theragun. So in full disclosure, I am entirely biased towards it because it was created by a background. It was created by a chiropractor who actually got into a motorcycle accident the day of his exam. And so the originally when he created it is he just stuck a tennis ball at the end of a saw and he just jammed it into his shoulder and the vibrations were able to kind of break down, promote blood flow, all that goodness. That being said, there's a specific depth and vibration that is offered with that. And people have this misconception, the same thing that they do when it comes to foam rollers, of the deeper I push, the better it's working. Y'all, that is some silly goose mentality. That's just what I'm going to say. The idea is to promote blood flow, not promote bruising. Right. There's a big difference. So typically you want to be able to, one, breathe through what you're doing. And two, not break your gun because last time I brought my old percussive therapy gun to my gym, they broke it because their instinct was to shove it as hard as possible into people. And so one, if you want your product to last longer, treat it better. Same thing with your body. If you want your body to last longer, treat treat it better. better. And so it is an awesome tool and I definitely use it. There's times where it's like, shoot, I just need to do a quick activation. If you're doing it for about 30 seconds, that's a quick activation. Once you're doing it for two minutes and it's a little bit more of that recovery, But if you have to have a Theragun and you have to Theragun your body every single day, but you're not moving, it might be worth considering, okay, 
am I actually addressing the problem or am I putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound? Yeah. And why are you doing it? Do you feel like, do you feel pressured to get ha- to get a Theragun? Like, do you feel pressured to do these things that you're seeing? Um, are you Are you stressing yourself out because you're trying to copy what is being advertised out there? Um, and those, all those things like can lead to a potential disorder. Um, trying to find discipline through influencers is a recipe for like crash and burn. That's all I can truly say. Well, look at a lot of influencers lifestyle versus yours. There are some that do have like an outside job. I know initially when Stephanie Buttermore, Jeff Napard's fiance, and first came into the fitness world, I believe she had gotten her doctorates in women's health. And so like her life wasn't all fitness at that point. Now it's shifted to where, you know, she's in fitness. She's also a caretaker for her mom. But it's, you know, what fits into her life is going to be very different than what fits into yours. You judging your worth based off of, okay, well, this influencer that I really like, you know, they might be working out two, three hours a day because that's literally what they're paid to do compared to you where it's like, okay, in your lifestyle, whether or not you have a family, okay, you have work that you have to do. You're not being paid for fitness. Like you probably won't get a bonus at your work if you have a six pack working in tech. So it's considering, you know, that's literally their job. So for them, there's going to be certain things where it's like, you know, when it comes to sponsored ads, like, is that actually something that worked for them or are they getting paid to do extra? If it's both, that's freaking awesome. But, you know, we'll use the example of sugar bear gummies, like sugar bear gummies is just a really expensive thing. You're going to pee out like there's a ton of people promoting it, saying it gave them long hair. You know, you look at Plexus, you look at all these different MLMs of are they actually believing and endorsing a product or are they just trying to get money out of you? And you don't have to go out and buy all this extra stuff in order to see progress. Like you don't need all the supplements. You don't need a giant stack. You don't need a Theragun. Like you just need to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. But coming from that mindset of, you know, this is out of self-love is going to make a big difference. And I know everything I say always comes back to, you need to love yourself. You need to be kind to yourself. But are you actually doing it? What is that narration in your head? What type of coach are you being to yourself? And are there going to be times where you're going to have to lean on someone a little bit more? Yep, that's going to happen. I know there's 100% more times of where I literally went to you. I was like, Luis, I need you to just do programming. I cannot think about this right now. I can't do it. And I know there's other times where whether or not you've wanted my help, I've been like, hey, this is what we're going to do for your nutrition to help you feel better. There are times you are going to have to lean on people for help. But if you're entirely dependent on someone else for your results and it's like, okay, shoot, what do we need to do? Whether it's dependent on someone giving you that validation, I'd say that's the biggest one. If you're dependent on other people giving you validation in order to feel like you're of worth, then it's worth taking a step back and mm-hmm. considering why are you doing this all? If no one was applauding you at the end of the day, no one was saying, hey, you're doing great would you still be putting that same passion and drive and excitement? Would you be proud of yourself at the end of the day? And you, and <clears throat> I think it's okay to like say like, no, like I, th- I think it's a hundred percent. Okay. 
Because we, because we're raised by that. We, we, we're like, we're, we're all raised by that kind of like that nature of wanting to hear. Like, it feels good. Yeah, we, we all want that. It I, feels so good for someone to be like, oh my gosh, I've seen you working, or hey, you killed it. That feels so good. But then it turns into an obsessive thing. Exactly. When it gets too far, where it's like, it's almost like a. Hopefully, I'm remembering this correctly. It's almost like a dopamine rush that you can never get enough of. Mm-hmm. When you become too reliant on it. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that's really that's really what like the message that we want to share within this episode is between discipline and and disorder is when when you're going to go out and seek something like man, like I am all about the whole discipline thing. Like I'm all about it. Like 100 percent. I'm a mindset of like no excuses is uh, like everybody can make things work all that. Like that's I'm a I'm a red color person you know like, there's a color personality thing he's 100 percent a red yeah i'm sure they would pick up on that but thanks for the clarification Not everyone knows. i know true um so like yes i'm all about that but i'm also about like sustainability and 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 your body is something that's with you for the rest of your life and then you have to take care of your body um it, it's not going to take care of itself it and your body is your mental health as well um, when it comes to fitness, exercise, health and wellness, that is a huge part that I'm seeing online that people are just, they're judging themselves, they get into something, they become obsessive, their um, their mental health, it takes a toll and mental health can be, can be it can be different areas in mental health, uh, it can be extreme, it can be mild, but either way, like this doesn't be... It, this stops becoming about like the true reason like you are giving you're given a body that can do so many amazing things and it can you know like i'm, I'm super passionate about it be passionate i know go go <laughs> off go well, off i'm super passionate about it because if you heard if you guys have heard me talk before um like i love extreme sports i think extreme sports are fascinating and it just teach it, it and the reason I love extreme sports because it teach like the potential of what your body can do, but it's only doable if you if you apply treat yourself right. Like it's your body can't do these amazing potential things on its own. You have to prep for it. You have to take care of it. You have to train right. And when you start discovering those things, like it becomes so fun and joyful and you become, you have more gratitude towards what your body can do. And it becomes less of a seeking out gratification, uh, external gratification. Uh, it becomes more internal. Like you become stoked and just proud of yourself. Like I apply it to when I would wakeboard and I'd practice a jump or I'd practice something new and, and I would actually train like in the gym my grip strength so then I can apply it to wakeboarding and it was an internal like gratification like I didn't care about anyone else because when my buddy was pushing the boat like he wasn't really looking back like it was it was about or he was riding the boat or driving the boat whatever like it was about like me and my time out there on the on the water and if I landed something or if I or or I was able to wakeboard longer than usual like it was internal and as I got stronger in the gym it also became internal like in itself like and i think that is really really rewarding i went on a crazy rant i don't know if that made sense it was that crazy thank you i appreciate it i think that you know understanding the external versus internal there's a time and a place 
And if you look at sports, like it feels good to get that medal. It feels good to get that applause. But also think about, you know, our son, he's in soccer right now, him learning a new skill of actually dribbling the ball and having that excitement of like, oh my gosh, I mastered the skill that was really hard. Like, and what I've worked with him time and time again is like, I'm proud of you. I'm always going to be proud of you. Are you proud of you? And it's been really cool because then he started coming to me like the other day he he worked on this drawing of a super cute fox and he's like, I'm so proud of me. I'm going to show you why I'm proud of me. And it was just so cool to see like that clicked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there might be some of my cycle riders and clients that are like, Renee, stop asking if I'm proud of me. I'm not going to stop because here's the thing is I'm going to celebrate your progress. I'm going to be so freaking excited for you. But I want you to be excited for all the possibilities that you have moving forward. And especially if you're at that place, maybe within your fitness journey where that goal feels really far away or you feel like you've, you've had to take a step back. It's understanding life is going to have ebbs and flows and you just got to go with it. Mm -hmm. But knowing that you're a hundred percent worth fighting for, whether or not someone is applauding you, whether or not you fit a certain body size or if you're competing professionally or just passionately, like I want you to be excited about your life. And, you know, if anything that we've said has stand out, you know, kind of taking that assessment of are the habits I'm doing right now, is this from a place of self-love or am I unintentionally being self-destructive? If it's an occasional like, you know, I got to kick myself in the butt a little bit extra day, perfect. But understanding where that line is and really challenging, okay, on this spectrum, what does actual discipline in a positive way look like for me? And how can I grow from there? Don't try to fit someone else's definition. You can take it, you can try to apply it, but don't try to be someone else's version of discipline because they have a different lifestyle. They have a different personality. You got to work with you. You're stuck with you for the rest of your life. Why not make it work? And why not enjoy the hell out of it? Couldn't be said any better. <laughs> that was so good. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. So uh, appreciate you guys. Thanks for your patience in our podcast being a little bit late. But, but we do have some news for you, just so you know. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. We're officially we're going to be ending the season because we decided we're going to be doing seasons. So yeah. which basically means um, we're going to be taking a couple weeks off. We'll be posting the exact timing on Instagram. And this will allow us one to take care of stuff within our business, you know behind closed doors as well as kind of catch up so that way in the future we can't avoid having two weeks without a podcast and exactly. so well we'll have one more episode that will come out and we'll make it a 20 episode season um there'll be this will that will conclude season one of the strength beyond fitness podcast oh my and gosh season one <laughs> right oh i'm sorry if i just <laughs> blew out your ears but i'm so sounds kind of cool yeah so we're baddies those are the those are the news so appreciate you guys thank you and cheers stay golden